0: Welcome to the Podglomerate. This is Status, the show about how immigration impacts people. Welcome back. There's a chance you're listening to this episode and you don't know who Jonathan is, or where he came from, or who his parents are. If that's you, you should probably head back a couple of episodes to part one before listening to this one. But if you know Jonathan already, then you know the journey he went through to find a family. And you know that after surviving abuse and abandonment, he found love and comfort. And honestly, a pretty picturesque American life. And where we left him last time, just after turning 18 and being adopted by his mom and dad, things were looking pretty great. He was about to finish high school. He'd become fluent in English, and that meant his grades had recovered. College was right around the corner. He just needed to figure out where and what he was going to study. And that's where we'll pick up today. This is part three, Letters.
1: Through the orphanage, I used to draw and everything like that. But when I came to live in the United States, um, you know, when I was 14 and I came to live with my parents, I actually did not show any of my artistic side to them until I was a senior in high school. Well, first of all, to my parents, I wanted to go, to go to school for petroleum engineering. My dad was like, no, don't go. Um, you know, just do something that you
2: like. I, I vaguely remember uh, that at that time uh, when he was considering what he wanted to do. And it, and it wasn't that I didn't think he was capable of doing it. It's that uh, I, uh, I didn't think he would enjoy it. And I didn't think it was the field long term for him to do um i made a living at it but i i could see the opportunities narrowing for future uh employment uh, and i and i think it was a correct thing for him not to do because it uh, it's proven that uh, the industry has been up and down for the last 20 years and and the uh, downturns have been steeper, uh, the recovery has been shallower, and um, it's, uh, it's a situation where young graduates are struggling to, to find employment uh, with, with substantial large companies. Uh, it's just harder and harder to, uh, to get in, to break in.
1: And so through there, when I was a senior, I told my parents, are like, what do you want to do? I'm like, oh, I just want to be a game designer. And they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, um, I want to create games or I want to do you know, graphic design. And they're like, but we really haven't seen anything from you. And so my present to them from high school was self-portrait of myself in kind of like an Andy Warhol type of way, I didn't know who Andy Warhol was at the time.
2: Yes, yes, yes. That we you know, hanging in our in our bedroom, which was very impressive, and uh, not only the accuracy of it, but the uh, the cleverness of how he did it, uh, showed to me his uh, his talent was uh, was multifaceted.
1: Um, it's based on the black and white photo you have there. Yes. Um, so, and that's how I started, you know, like that's how they're like, as soon as I gave him that photo or like that big painting, they're like, okay, you can go to school for that. And that was that.
0: So that was the answer to what, but now we needed to figure out where, and he had one really good option already.
1: Um, there was a guy from Boston college who came in, um, trying to recruit me and, They wanted to give me a really good scholarship. And my mom literally drew a 300-mile radius around Dallas. And she's like, you can go to any university within this. Because it's been driving distance. If you go to Boston College, um, you have to get on a flight, possibly two flights to get here. And if something happens or if something goes wrong, we want to make sure that, you know, we can get to you within a couple of hours. And so Tulsa is two hundred and seventy. Two hundred and eighty miles away from Dallas,
0: it's about two hundred sixty miles, four hours or so. I grew up in Tulsa, so Dallas was an easy weekend trip.
1: It was funny because we were on the way to Kansas, and we just happened to stop at the University of Tulsa. We happened to be driving by through uh, through um, Tulsa, and my dad just like, "Hey, you know, there's a university here. It's a very a very small private university. It's a um, you know one of the top 50. Top 100 private universities in, in 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 the nation. Let's take a look at it. And so we just walked in, and um, I got to meet some of my professors, some of like you know people there, and like they were really hospitable, and I love the campus. It's a beautiful campus for such a small university. Um, and I applied, and I got in, and I got in with a scholarship, and. My SATs didn't matter at that time because I did all their stuff and like they knew that, you know, they saw the progress that I've made from freshman year to senior year um, with all my grades. And I think that's one of the other things that, you know, they took a look at it like, okay, he can make progress through that. I don't remember his name. But I remember like moving into college and my mom being the mom she is, I was moving my stuff and my mom went and talked to this guy that was moving into school and like my mom, just like you see the moms on TV. She's like, I made you a friend. And I'm like, mom, um, she's like, oh yeah, he's going to study here. and He's going to do this and that, and that, and I'm like, mom, please stop embarrassing me. Like, you know, it was just like, Embarrassing. It's like let him do his stuff. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have time to meet people, things of like that. Um, it turned out to be like a really cool guy. We like we hung out and like we were in the same floor in the same building and like they had these, they had like the dance and revolution and like all these games. And so like we went and hang out there one, like sometimes.
0: I have a story almost exactly like this, except it was my grandma and we played Rock Band sometimes. Anyway, this guy wasn't Jonathan's only friend. He met his closest friends when he became a member of Lambda Chi Alpha.
1: Because at TU, like, I mean, at the University of Tulsa, it's, everything that happened socially was a fraternities. And I wanted to be part of that. And um, I remember, like, they didn't even offer me a letter of, like, you know, hey, you want to join or anything like that. I just, like, once I started hanging out the house, I'm like, am I going to get an invitation to join the house or not? And so they're like, oh, we didn't know you wanted to join the house. And that was that. Casey and I, we were, we don't call them pledges, first of all. Lambda Kai got rid of pledges in 1979. Okay? There's none of that. Um, we were in the same associate member class. And um, we got to know really well. Casey was already, like, he was be- he was a big part of the house. He was a TU studying. And, like, he ar- he was already leaving the house when he decided to join. <laughs> so he went and lived the house and then, like, decided to join the house. He was, a li- he was older. So, like, you know, we really never got to talking until, like, we got to know each other really well during... Like, you know, our whole associate membership time. To this day, he's one of my best friends. Um, I will do anything for him, and I know that he will do anything for me. And, you know, those are kind of like the bonds that you build in in a fraternity. And then during that, um, Nick, um, who is actually uh, Casey's big brother, he was really cool. I mean, you know, like, I mean... I, my first year or second year it was like not a big deal or anything like that but after that it's like as, as you get to live in the house and spend time with everybody you get to meet people and then Mark um, my sophomore year he was a freshman and he actually he and I shared the same room and he was the only roommate that I've had that I've I had in my um, fraternity career uh, we were roommates for a semester and he was I mean Mark and I we liked a lot of the same things. so we like played games together and then like you know we party together and then we looked at each other when we you know drank and everything like that so it was uh, he's to this day one of my best friends as well.
0: Life wasn't all Lambda Kai though. Jonathan was there to study graphic design.
1: I loved it it was really great. Um, I actually the couple of, a couple of like days ago I saw a picture on Facebook with my other three graphic design best friends and it was really funny because we're like we look so different
0: I want to stop and go like real far back um When did you know you were
1: gay? When I was five or six. Like I had one friend and his mom um, liked me a lot. I used to like keep him company and like, you know, and I used to do his homework, even though I never went to school. I used to do his homework because I wanted him to spend more time playing than doing his homework. So every time he came home from school, I always like, when his mom left us alone. I just like grabbed his notebook and I did all his homework. It was, I know it's really early in life, but it's like I just knew. Um, in a society where it's full of machistas and everything like that, you know, through my life, I used to just not come into terms with it and I had girlfriends and things like that. But um, I knew at a very, very, very young age.
0: In Jonathan's early college years, he started to feel that it was time for the important people in his life to know who he was.
1: I was driving to walgreens to pick up my hypothyroid medicine and the first person that i've called that i called to like talk to was my english teacher from high school who i have trusted um and like i sat down and like i sat down no i just like, i was in the car i was like hey i don't know what to do um, this is who I am. I don't know how to, I can talk to my parents. And he like, he gave me really good advice. He's like, you know, be careful. I mean, if you need somebody to talk to, like, you know, just call me, don't, um, some parents are not very receptive, you know, like, um, and so like, I'm like, I needed to get it out of my chest. As soon as I hang up with him, I call my mom and then I call my mom and I told her, it's like, Hey mom. Um, I started crying. I'm like, Hey, this is, this is what's going on with me. You know, this is like, this is me. Um, I don't know how to say this, but, you know, I'm gay. And, you know, that my, you know, that dad is one of my best friends and I don't want to do anything to jeopardize my relationship with him. Um, and even then I was thinking about like, okay, like I I will tell them that I'm gay and they'll buy me a ticket to send me back to Columbia. Like, they're like,
0: you're adopted. This is something I would have never considered. The first time Jonathan told me this story was one of the first times I truly understood how different his concerns as an immigrant were from mine. As awful as it might have been, he wasn't just afraid that his parents wouldn't accept him. That he couldn't come to their home for holidays. That they would stop paying for his school. He was afraid that it would mean that he couldn't stay in the country that he considered home.
1: And my dad called me 10 minutes later. And I just picked up my time medicine. I was still driving. And my dad, the first words that came out of my dad, which I will never, ever forget. And it was just like jonathan i don't love you for what you are i love you for who you are and as long as you keep being a good person we don't care we love you like um and when he said those things it's like kind of like the world lifted off my shoulders and after that i don't care who found out Well, I did care who found out just because I wanted my fraternity brothers to kind of find out from other people. And so we made a, a, a brother meeting. In the meeting, I'm like, you know, I, I just, I told him. It's like, hey, um, you know, you guys are all my brothers. I want you guys to know me for who I am. I want you to, like, you know, I i don't want to continue being unhappy or anything like that. I just want you guys to know for who I really am. And uh, matter of the fact it's like, you know, I'm gay. I will understand if some of you, don't accept it i understand if some of you like you know want me out of the house i will i will cancel everything and i will you know leave the house that's no problem or anything like that they all like literally stood up and every single one of them gave me a hug and being like the first person to come out to my fraternity brothers um and for them to just give me a hug and like you know all of them like told me they love me and like and like it was, it was it was really rewarding in some way because I knew that they respected me they didn't see me as like this weird person and I kind of opened the doors for our fraternity to be a little bit more um, open and receptive to like our LGBT community so it was it was very difficult I think like coming out to my fraternity brothers was one of the toughest things that I had to do be like after my parents So because I love every single one of my fraternity brothers and we've spent you know years together so I was like I, don't, I wanted I don't I, I did not want it to continue to lie and you know like having to date somebody and like you know hide somebody or anything like that
0: Jonathan did end up moving out of the house, but not because his fraternity brothers had any issues with him being gay. He met a woman named Lindsay at a party one night. She was a med student in town, and the two of them got along really well. During their conversation, Lindsay mentioned that she was renting out a room in her house and asked Jonathan if he'd be interested in it. He said, of course.
1: And so, like, I had my own room, she had her own room, we had a whole house for ourselves, and then we had a tour bedroom, and... After about six or seven months, she talked to me and she's like, "Hey, um, you know, I have a friend who is looking to like you know kind of move out of his um, mom's house. He just graduated from TU, and I'm like, okay, that's fine." She was just like, uh, "Do you care if he's gay?" And I'm like, "No, not really. I didn't like for me. It was just like, nah, I don't, I don't care." One day she called me and she's like, "Hey, Adam is on the way to the to the house. Do you mind going to um?" going to the house and showing him around just to see if he wants to stay and things like that. And I'm like, okay. And so I went home and as soon as I, as soon as I saw him walk out of the car, I was just like, I just thought that that was one of the most beautiful guys that I've ever seen. It was just like one of those things that I'm like, this guy's beautiful. And we walked into the house and we actually didn't even see the house. Like I didn't even show him the house. We just sat in the couch and we just talked. And we talked for like the remainder of that day until like about 3 a.m., then he went home, I went to class, I mean, I went to sleep, and then I went, I went to class in the morning, and then he called in sick to work so that he could spend the afternoon with me after my classes were done. I mean, after the third day, like, you know, he finally had to go to work. He came back, and then, like, I told him to stay, and he's like, I, didn't, I did not not want to ruin the friendship and things of so that, I'm like, this, don't worry, like, nothing's gonna happen. And then, like, after that night, he never left. So, like, he kind of, like, paid rent for the third room, but he really never moved any of his stuff in there. Like, he just stayed with me.
0: To be clear, the way that Jonathan described this to me the first time was that he had a boyfriend that moved in with him the day after they met. I guess that's technically true.
1: Like, we, we got along really well. It was one of those things that, like, he was very smart, and, like, we were able to have, like, really nice conversations it's like it was just i don't know it's like i just felt comfortable with him we like he was really smart um i told him to go to med school because you know he went he went to school for biology and i told him to go to med school and he's like no i don't want to go to med school and he was really smart so i'm like and the one of the first things that i told him is like look i love you you're a wonderful person but i also don't want to have the blame of like you know you didn't let you didn't allow me to go to med school And I even told him, it's like, you know, like, whenever I find a job and things like that, if I need to support you, you can go to med school and then, like, you know, we'll work it out. It's not a big deal.
0: Adam and Jonathan lived in that house with Lindsay for about a year and a half. Then they found their own apartment together in Tulsa. From what I can tell, they really loved each other. Jonathan talks about how they used to play video games together, and I know it's something he loves doing now and loved doing in high school. But there was also a much more difficult side to their relationship.
1: Like he was jealous that I went to the fraternity house because we had meetings on Sunday, you know, like just to see how everything was going. So he got jealous about that. He got jealous about me going to the gym every day. Um, He got jealous about like he was just a really jealous person in that sense where like I'm like, I'm not going to the gym to look at, you know, to try to find somebody else. I'm going to the gym because it's like I like playing basketball and I like to play sports and I like to lift weights. And all my fraternity brothers go to play basketball every day. So it's like for me, it was more like a social thing. Instead of just like, oh, um, I'm going to go and see if I can pick up somebody. Because I think that was like the notion that he had. And I'm like, no, it's like you need to have like confidence and trust in me that I'm like, I'm literally just going to my fraternity house to the meetings. I stopped going to the gym because of him. I stopped going to hanging out with a lot of my fraternity brothers. And I'm, you know, Mark, Nick, and Casey will will tell you. It's like Jonathan, when he met Adam, kind of like stopped coming around. And, like, I think that was one of the things that I regret the most is, like, not being able to, like, continue my social life while I was with um, Adam at the time. So it was just, like, it was difficult, but I also, you know, I was, I was in love. So it's, like, love makes you do stupid things, and um, but you also shouldn't, like, do something for somebody um, if, like, you know, like, if you're happy about doing something, do it. graduated july of 2007 right after summer school right before i got a letter from the university saying that you know because i have not enrolled at the university then you know like um i was no longer under the f1 visa and and i was just like what's going on things like that i called the university i called my parents i started crying it was just like one of those things i'm like what does this mean Adam and I were already, you know, kind of, like, living in an apartment together. We had bought each other, like, promise rings. And and then once the letter arrived, like, everything changed. Like, relationship changed. Everything, like, kind of, like, I had to, like, after I got the letter, I had three months to leave
2: the country. It was something about a... One of his teachers left the country without submitting a grade. Because she didn't submit the grade, he had an incomplete. And because of his immigration status, he, he was not allowed any sort of incompletes. So they, they either notified the INS of this.
0: It was the USCIS at this point.
2: And even, but he had completed all of the work and it was it was a situation where notification went out prematurely and the ball the ball began <laughs> in motion it was set so
1: like during my senior year um and this is uh, this is it comes to like you know my advisor and things like that cuz i had finished all my projects i had finished everything and then i had one project that I thought I've completed it, but I didn't, and so like that led to like one incomplete in like that like class, and so I had to go and talk to my advisor and like you know like talk to her and everything like that, and she actually like she was really she was really rude because it's like when I went to talk to her and like you know I didn't know what to do, I was just like in process of like you know packing all my bags and getting everything ready, um and she's like she sat me in her office and she actually says like you're the stupidest person that I've ever met um i if i could give you a slap i'll give you a slap because you're throwing your life away and i'm like how am i throwing my life away she's like you know you had the opportunity to stay here and work here and things of like that and i'm like yeah but you want me to stay here in tulsa not you know like look around um the nature and things of like that and she and i we just bump our heads and everything um and so i turned i you know i finished that project turned it in and then you know i got my grade and then i was Like, the main thing that my mom wanted me to do is, like, leave. Once I was going back to Colombia, she wanted me to leave with, like, the full, like, without incompletes, without anything in my resume. Or, like, things like that, yeah.
0: What did Adam say about the letter?
1: We didn't know what to do. Like, we didn't, we actually did not know what to do. I mean, I think he was very supportive um, for the first part because he's like, you know, it's okay. You know, we'll, I'll go and visit you in Colombia. Um, you know, I'll do everything we can. So, you know, like everything will make it work.
0: But it wasn't just that Jonathan was leaving behind Adam, his parents, and the country he'd called his home for 10 years.
1: I have not been to Colombia in 10 years. I don't have anybody there. I don't know anybody. I don't know who to stay with. I don't know, like, what am I going to do? While I kept in touch with my family members and everything like that, like, we were never kind of like at the same
0: level. I asked Jonathan when the first time the university brought up immigration with him was. I know that universities are pretty proactive about this kind of thing. Usually when it comes to immigration paperwork, they've got people to support you through the process. They're there to tell you about OPT, Optional Practical Training, which is a program where students can work a year after they graduate to get training in their field. They're there to help you find sponsorships for an H-1B work visa. They're supposed to help you understand when and how to file all the necessary documents. Except in this case, it sounds like that didn't happen.
1: I think it was like the very first day when we had orientation for international students. That was the very first time that they literally, like, put a little folder together with everything that I had to know, like, about immigration. And, of course, you know, I'm I'm 18. Everybody that came to, like, to school, they were 18 years old. And then, like, we didn't read those pieces of paper. Like, right? Like, in my mind, I was American. In my mind, like, you know, I had American parents. And they had adopted me, like, officially, Um and it was just like, it kind of like went over my head just because it's like, you know, I grew up here or like for me, it's like I felt like, oh, nothing's going to happen. You know, I mean, I have my parents are going to protect me and like, they're going to do everything that they can. And like, you know, there's no way that I'm going to go back to Columbia ever. Um, I understand that, you know, we're 18, we're adults, we have to have responsibility. But freshman people in college, like I literally put that folder in a place where I, didn't, I had to look for it by the time I was a senior, because there was so much stuff that has happened between then and now.
0: Jonathan's parents were American. He'd lived in the U.S. for almost 10 years. And now he had a diploma from an American university. But one incomplete grade triggered a notification to USCIS. That meant his student visa was up. There would be no OPT. No sponsorship for a work visa or a green card. There was no path forward for him in terms of immigration in the United States.
1: And so by September 13, I was on a flight back to Colombia.
0: Status is produced by me, Matt Horton. Music was provided by Breakmaster Cylinder. You can hear the rest of the Podglomerate shows at thepodglomerate.com. I'll be back next time with part four of Jonathan's story. Thanks for listening.